You're listening to The Simply Flawsome Show, a podcast designed for you to listen, learn, and leverage. Please welcome your host, Zoe Turner. January, I attended a seven-day retreat with Dr. Joe Dispenza. So the seven days, they were probably the most transformative seven days of my life. And today I'm going to be having a conversation with the beautiful Christina and Jasmine, Dr. Jasmine, who were both on the retreat with me. So during that week, each of us, we stepped outside of our personal reality and we placed our trust into the unknown. The intention of today's podcast and discussion is to share with you what we learned and more specifically how we have applied this to our lives. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for inviting us. We love you so much. We love you and we love Dr. John. <laughs> yeah, we do, definitely. And his teachings. Yeah. So, ladies, before we start our chat, would each of you introduce yourselves to the audience? And for the benefit of the podcast audience, who are you and what do you do? Okay, I'm a tooth fairy by night and I'm a pediatric dentist by morning. I help those kids get beautiful, nice smiles, drama-free and tear-free. And I love healing. It's all about healing to me. And actually, interestingly enough, so I met uh, Christina 2017 and she reminded me that I've always wanted to be a healer. Now I forgot I had that intention. I set it out in the universe and Joel is the one that's bringing it back to life and, and with the teachings. I hope this is enough of a teaser for them to stay tuned and follow up. Hi, my name is Christina, as you probably know. So I teach Kundalini Yoga. Mm-hmm. I teach yoga, meditation, and as well as sound therapy. And I'm also a life coach. My mission in life is to help people to release stress, anxiety, and gain calm and peace in really a short amount of time. So that's, these are techniques that I share. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you so much, ladies. So, oh God, like, where do we start with this? Because we were all on that retreat. We were all on the seven days retreat. And it was absolutely incredible. The theme of the workshop was higher love. And isn't it incredible, like during that seven days, how much our heart like really opened up. up. Been a month now since that happened. How are you guys feeling? How are you feeling now? That's a good question. uh, I'm feeling like it's been such a long time ago already. But I'm feeling my consciousness shifted, my awareness shifted, my daily habits, daily routines. And it's not like overnight you lose what makes you human. Mm -hmm. It's just that you see it better and you see yourself Mm -hmm. with the more naked truth of what you want to change about yourself. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. To me, I think I definitely become much more aware of what's happening in my life, in life of other people. I understand hidden reasons behind emotions, behind uh, procrastination, you know, about positive and negative things I do. And uh, it became really crystal clear to me. So that's mm-hmm. really helped. And uh, definitely we're back to life. And life is not always, you know, <laughs> paradise. Fairy tale. Yeah, exactly. But I definitely vibes. learned how to go back into this quantum field of information uh, every time I, get, I fall out of a good grace. And that's really helpful too, because it's very easy to get trapped into problems, stress, right? Yeah. But when you know the tool and when you realize, oh, hold on now, I'm going lower and lower. Let me not continue on this journey. Let me do the exercise. And then you come out and you're just, oh, you're there. For those listening who may be getting a little bit confused about what we're talking about, and maybe we should give them a brief introduction yeah. into what we experienced and into Dr. Joe's work. Mm. Like maybe in a paragraph, how would you describe it? So Dr. Joe Dispenza is a scientist and obviously doctor who's using epigenetics, quantum physics in order to help people to uh, get out of their comfort zone and manifest whatever they want in their life. Mm. So he's, to, to me, he's actually teaching spirituality, but from a very scientific perspective. Mm. We should exactly. explain what epigenetics mean, because my understanding, and I might be wrong here because I haven't mm. got all the answers, but that's when we change our genetic disposition, wow. how we instruct new genes yeah. to change our genetic mm. destiny. Yeah. 
So, so here's what I understand. Uh, genetics is very complicated. Sometimes we tend to, I'll give you an example first. We tend to think, oh, it's my gene pool, that's it, that's my life. For example, if all my family has diabetes, right? And diabetes is quite prevalent. Everyone nowadays just has diabetes. So it is, a lot of people would be like, you know what, my mom has it, my dad has it, blah, blah, blah has it, I'm going to have it. But what Dr. Joe is saying is epigenetics is influencing your genes, which you have, and that's true, with your environment to not get that. To be the only one family member that does not follow suit with your environment. But it's not just about what you eat and, and, and drink and, and do. It's about what you're thinking. It's about your thoughts. It's about your energy. And that is the essence of being a supernatural being that Dr. Joe so Essentially, about. he's saying that our thoughts can change our gen genetic disposition. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think for us, like for all of us who have been going to school like 20 years ago, it's very common to believe that our genes define our future yeah. life. It's very mm -hmm. common because this is how we've been taught at school. And, you know, when Dr. Joyce teaching us to um, do all those breast techniques and meditations. He's basically allowing us to signal new genes in a new way. So you can actually reinvent yourself while practicing all his techniques. And it's not that complicated. You no. know, it's only about knowing it, understanding how to do it, and then applying the discipline to do it every single day. And to me, it's like the hardest bit, right? Yeah. So just doing it no matter what. And then, yeah, you signal new genes in a new ways. And it, that's the magic of it. I wanted to add something. It's also the power of choice that you have a choice you're not the diagnosis you're not the disease the disease was created because a bunch of stuff but you chose to rise above and beyond that disease and be like you know what i'm not the disease the disease came because i'm gonna change this is brilliant and honestly before dr joe existed we know about all these people that changed their lives around and be like, you know what? I got cancer. I don't want cancer. I'm going to change it. And they're normal people like you and me. It's an untapped resource for ordinary people. We don't know how to do it. Sometimes we just give up and be like, okay, it's my destiny to have that disease. Yeah. And it's beautiful when you realize. Christina, tell us about that video that you sent me because I thought that was absolutely fascinating. It was a gentleman from the UK mm. who'd had cancer, stage four cancer, and he was being told he was gonna die yeah. by the doctors. Tell the audience about that. So it's not just a, a cancer, it was a four stage cancer that he had. I think his name was uh, Mick. He's a guy from UK. So he had 50 tumors in his brain, 50, oh. you know? So when we have just one, we're just freaking out and we go to the surgery. He had 50 tumors, four stage cancer. He got divorced, oh. he got separated from his children. Yeah. And basically the doctors were telling him, please do the arrangements because there is no way you can survive. Mm. And then of course he's been without house, without family, without any mm. uh, job. Of course, he couldn't work mm. in this condition. He said, okay, I'm just going to uh, do my best and practice those meditations that Dr. Joe has taught us all day long because it's better to do this rather than to prepare for my own funerals. As, as much as uh, doctors were convincing him to do that, he just decided to step into something else. Yeah. And he was saying, yeah, it was not common. It was very unusual. People were thinking he's a bit crazy because mm -hmm. he needs to prepare for funeral. And then... I think six, seven months down the line, he got checked and the cancer was gone. Wow. And of course, the doctors were shocked and they mm. couldn't understand what he was doing because they thought he will be dead by this time, yeah, right? Being British, surprised. I could yeah. really relate to that guy because he wasn't a hippie. He wasn't like kind of woo-woo. Like a lot of people that, uh, a lot of people have the assumption that the type of person that follows this mode of thinking wears Jesus sandals and eats brown rice and you know <laughs> a bit of a hippie type but this guy was literally somebody who you would probably meet down the pub and I think if it wasn't for the fact that he was dying of cancer he'd probably never have come across Dr. Joe but he yeah. like you said he literally had no choice yeah. there was nothing else for him yeah. to do he thought you know I'm just going to go all in and that's something that Dr. Joe says a lot just go all in so yeah. that guy did go all in yeah. surrender and we explain what the results were when the he... results were he got out of the disease 
So he actually is a healthy person now. He travels. He got a job. So he's functioning properly in the society. Amazing. And the disease is gone. And 50 tumors in the brain is not a joke, right? Mm. So, yeah. And this shows me, you know, that really everything is possible. And, okay, this guy had no other choice because he was preparing to die. But how many of us just get stuck into the complaining and feeling sorry about ourselves and judging and gossiping instead of just getting out of this, you know, and do the work and do the meditation. And then the more you stuck into this negative and low states, the more you attract. Absolutely. Right? So, yeah, he's a great example, I think. And it was really emotional to watch him. But then Dr. Joe steps in and then he explained everything scientifically. And this is what I love about Dr. Joe's job. There is no mystery. Everything is like, like one plus one is two. So in his job is the same. You do one plus one, you'll get two. There is no, like, mystery it's science-based i love about that the experiments that they've done and the people that have done the work and they looked at their genes and you know the genes have telomeres Mm -hmm. and the telomeres are a certain size and according to your age this size starts to you know by age passing shrink 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 Mm -hmm. and this is aging right uh what happens to the cells they age they die they get disease so with dr joe's work they would get these telomeres and say they're lengthening which means people are getting younger not older and this is science experiments it's true it's not woohoo ha 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 love attraction no 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 it's something real it's so interesting like even when i was walking to the shop this morning I was actually thinking god I'm feeling a little bit tired and then I corrected myself and I told myself to tell myself that I had the energy of a 24 year old because I think the only thing you know I think we have this kind of belief that as we get older we slow down and our energy levels aren't as high but it's our mind that's telling us that and I think naturally we all fall into this mode of thinking the more we can undo that thinking the more that we can do all that negative programming that we've got in our mind ladies I want to talk about uh, you may have seen this on Facebook was a Facebook post on a group that I'm in, which I assume you guys may be in as well. It's Dr. Joe Dispenza live streams. I've read this post. It resonated with me so much. I must have read it about 15 times. The lady was talking about judgment. Such a buzz now about how to be happy. What can we do in society to make us happier? The lady that wrote this post on Facebook, she said that Dr. Joe when people ask him how how they can be happy, he just simply tells them to stop judging people. Yeah. He talks a lot about the low vibration. He talks about the kind of low vibration that we get ourselves into yeah. when we when we judge people. And I think quite naturally we all do that without realizing it. In some ways it it becomes part of our genetic makeup over the years but the whole point of this work is that we can undo that we can erase all that if we want to apparently there was an interview with dr joe and a lady called caroline mess it's from several years ago and caroline had said something that uh, we develop illness when our energy isn't in present time and she also went into a lot of detail about judgment and how it drains the life force from our chakra system so for instance judging the way somebody looks drains your third chakra Mm. judging the way someone speaks will drain the throat chakra and what she said is to imagine that we have a hundred units of energy Mm. and she said to picture them as power cords coming out of your chakras so this is your life force which is meant to sustain you it's meant to keep you vibrant and it's meant to heal you but if we're judging others we're mismanaging that energy that we have giving it away for free (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so we're causing a weakness in our body, in our bodies within the organ system. I just kind of wanted to highlight that. Well, what do you girls think? When, when, when you're telling me that, you know, as a doctor, I'm thinking chemicals that are being released. Because look, we, we agree this is not some hoo-hoo-ha-ha. Yeah. It's science, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're judging someone, you're judging yourself too, right? 
There's a little bit of that. And when you're doing that, what energy are you releasing? And what neurotransmitters are you releasing? Are you releasing serotonin that makes you happy? Or something that makes you feel lousy and be like, oh, I'm judged, she's judged, she's bad, but who's bad? Look at that. And it's it's all in your head. And then your head is like responding, yeah, yeah, she needs a little bit more sadness and depression and anger. Let me give her some of that. So your body matches. So your brain is sitting in a pool of anxiety hormones that you didn't ask for it, but actually your thoughts asked for it. Mm -hmm. And then you're sitting there and the the more this repeats over and over and over and over again, this is your body's new home. Your body doesn't want to let go of that because it's so used and comfortable. It's cozy underneath that, you know, blanket, if you call it. And when you're like trying to be happy, your body's like, hey, wait a second. It's 8 a.m. Usually 8 a.m. You're stuck in traffic and you're being angry at everyone. No, 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 don't be happy. No, 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 don't go there. Just be sad. Just be sad. And it's chemicals and we cannot. We're addicted to it. We cannot leave it that easily. And that's what I think about. What do you think about, Christina? So it's definitely um, something that uh, I would uh, link with the word addiction. Mm. Because when we judge somebody, we usually do it unconsciously. Because maybe, you know, our family members used to do that, our teachers, our colleagues, etc. So for us, it's normal to say, hey, this lady has horrible skirt. Oh, she looks ugly. Oh, he looks like stupid, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of natural. And most of us, we don't think like it's bad. It's, it's yeah. the way everybody lives. You know, I don't like, I express it, right? But if you think about it, you actually reconfirm your strong addiction to low emotions. The moment you do that, you're actually stealing from your own creative energy. So the more you judge, the less creative you become. The more, again, you get angry with something or someone, you're basically, it's like a level of your creative energy goes down and down, and then you're stuck in those emotions. And it's really hard to get out of it. Like, I'll be very honest, you know, I used to judge people a lot, and now I judge people, but now I'm more aware because even if I judge within my mind, I was like, hold on, you just, you know, judge someone, and you know what would it make to your creative energy. So now I make a link between my mental judgment mm. right and what do I steal from my own self Absolutely. but it's very hard to get rid of it because you need to be totally aware okay and you need to realize that it is an addiction it's like sometimes people get addiction to the cigarettes to the alcohol you know to fast food whatever is there judgment is also an addiction and there is work that needs to be done yeah. Absolutely. I'm so much more aware of the words that I say now. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since reading that, you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've always been a lover of language and very aware of what we say. But despite that, we still say and do things that, that yeah. we know that are probably not for our benefit yeah. or for the benefit of others. I have to say, just knowing that. The victory, you know, as Dr. Joe was saying, oh, once you realize, it's already a victory because yeah. most of us were operate on autopilot, you know, exactly. conscious. We just do the things because, uh, you know, everyone is doing it. We never thought about yeah, doing you never it differently, about it. right? So, yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. It's, it's yeah. a big victory to be aware, I self conscious. Is it just me that's focusing on that noise, or can you two hear it as well? In the background. I think yeah. we should just. Just ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. I'm cool. I love kids. <laughs> I mean, I love kids, but when you're trying to do a podcast. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you so much for that. What should we talk about next? To create from quantum field. I love. Oh, it. I love this topic. I love it. And I wish they teach us this at school. I wish. How to create from quantum field. So how fast, that's what I'm reading here, how fast is endless space? Fast is endless How vast. 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 How vast is endless space? That's what Dr. Joe talks a lot about, you know, when we're in our meditations, is that separating matter from 5D, and it's just kind of getting lost and surrendering into the unknown. I've been doing this work for quite some time now, and I still find this really, really challenging. And I'll have moments within the meditations when um, I feel like I've got it. I feel like I'm floating. And then all of a sudden, it'll be like a jolt. Mm. Do you think that? 
Oh, yeah, is that definitely. how you yeah. feel? But, but it's and normal. then I'm back. Yes. It feels like a joint jolt, yeah. and yeah. then you're back. But it's normal, and most of the people, again, they speak about the same obstacle, you know, because I teach meditation, and 99.9% of people come to me after classes, and they said, okay, we struggle to meditate. And it's normal. Then I ask them, okay, for how many years you haven't been meditating, and for how many years or months you have been meditating? It's Absolutely. normal, right? You were not born with it. You were no. born with very different mindset, so it's normal, and we should really go with the experience and the key in meditation is not to have any patience, just yeah. to be within the experience, right? Yeah. I, agree? I wanted to add something to that. So, being someone that also didn't do much meditations, yeah. you get caught into thinking your body and mind are the same. Your body's like, I want to pee and you're like, okay, I want to pee, but no, no, no. Joe teaches you to be like, hey, stay. <laughs> and you train to put them both separate and you have control over it mm. and you have control okay i need to be be like no you know what i'm gonna do my meditation and i'm not gonna go pee. you know what body you're gonna sit still you're gonna be act nice and happy yeah. and i'm gonna do my stuff because i need to yeah. and you know what sometimes just a simple realization that these two things are separate and you are not your mind you're not your body you're the controller you are the owner just like a dog you'd call it by name and the, the dog would come to you you can control them both and separate them both and this is key True. to successful meditation True. what's the biggest difference that you've noticed since you've been doing the work from within. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, I actually, as I said, you know, I don't have expectations. I just go with the flow. I just go with the experience and that's it, you know, and I don't think much, oh, what will be the outcome? Would I achieve this? Let's say if it's a meditation of abundance, oh, would I achieve the abundance? Or if it's a meditation for pineal gland, I don't think about it. Yeah. Like, I learned how to go with the flow and with the experience. And I think it's fundamental aspect of, of the life because very often in life, we don't really enjoy the experience, no matter what we do. We eat, but we think about the next step. Absolutely. We talk to the person, but we're not all ah, much present conscious. with the person. We think, oh, what's going to happen yeah. next? So yeah. I think this principle in meditation that I've learned, it's actually very much helping me in the whole life in general to, mm. be, present, to be present, to be connected, you know, to feel each and every situation that I'm going through in my life, whether I'm talking to my son or I'm at work doing the report and I'm, you know, teaching someone, etc. And it's not easy because the mind is always jumping. It yeah. wants more but hey as you said you know I'm just training here a dog an animal like in the Pablo dog experience and just hold on you're gonna stay here you're gonna stay connected and you'll be present stay yeah, <laughs> I, right? I love Dr. Joe when yeah. you say stay, stay. Yeah. <laughs> it's so beautiful I miss him so much so you know what else I miss about <laughs> it's so good he has a wink guys you missed a lot you you really absolutely have to go see him and check him out yeah when we meditate why do we have to go into theater mm, i love that why brain do we have to go into theater state waves. hypnosis Ooh. to meditate you know what okay we have a lot of brain waves or a couple of brain waves the first brain wave we're tapping into like 99% of the time, beta brainwave. We're in like, right now I'm talking to you, I'm active, I'm conscious, blah, blah, blah. But you know what's happening with beta brainwave? You're autopilot, you're doing your thing, and you're not really tending to your energy. You're not really creating. You're not really, you're not really tapping into your pure consciousness. You're there, but you're not. Mm. Agree? Yeah, yeah. There is stress. stress. There is so much. Shh. Yeah. You know, when back in the day, TV used to switch off and they just have this like shh. Yeah. Don't know if yeah. you're if you remember that. So yeah. for those listening, beta brainwave patterns is when we're conscious. Yeah. Let's go through a different type of. Brain this waves. is the norm. So there's beta. Beta. That's yeah. us now. Talking, yeah. creating. Uh, sorry, talking, being conscious, alert, and maybe stressed. Mm. Maybe doing a lot of things, thinking a lot of things. Mm. And the theta is when we access our subconscious mind. It's a spectrum. Yeah. So theta, when things go slow. And it's just a little sweet spot. Mm. When we're just about to drift off and sleep, but we're seeing lucid, beautiful, nice, beautiful mm. dreams. They're juicy and you can see them. Mm. And you're having this beautiful hormone release in your body that's telling your brain, hey, wait a second, you did so well during the day. Let's lift those feet up, enjoy. And you know what? We're gonna start healing now. Mm. 
yeah. what do you think about it? Yeah, because you cannot heal your body while you are at um, a high um, level of uh, brain waves or right? stress. So your body can only heal itself when you go down into the theta brain wave, and this is when your autonomic system takes over, oh, right? Yes. And then it heals itself because then when you are in this state, you are connecting yourself to the higher intelligence that uh, basically you know, pumps your blood, that regulates all your digestive processes, uh, you know, that uh, allows you to breathe in and out because you don't do all these processes consciously. You don't think, okay, let me just pump my blood or digest the lunch. <laughs> the food. It's all happen automatically, yeah. right? So, and who's responsible for this? It's a higher intelligence. You can only tap into this higher intelligence when you go into the theta brain waves. It's like housekeeping. And yeah, one of the advantages like, of this meditation is when we experience lucid dreams which is what you spoke about yeah. earlier that is probably my favorite part and it's something that yeah. i experienced during the penile gland yeah. meditation and i guess that's why we get up at 4 a.m to to meditate and why some people get up at 4 a.m to yeah. pray wow. because at that time the melatonin in our body is more increased and it's the melatonin that affects or enables us to lucid dream for those that don't know a lucid dream is when you're dreaming but you know you're dreaming so i'm sure that you've had a dream before and you've been asleep but you're actually knowing what you're dreaming about that's what we call a lucid dream and this is something that you experience when you experience that deep level of meditation I think at that point, it's we're getting into gamma. Theta yeah. is like just opening the door. And the gamma brain waves is where you're like stepping into the unknown. You know, it's, it's a lot more intense. And that's when the lucid dreaming takes place. You know what's funny? What's funny is sometimes we, our brain is really an untapped resource, really. Yeah. We use... And lots of studies are saying that I'm a hypnotherapist as well. So I'm a hypnodonist. I use it for uh, hypnotizing my children on the chair to accept my treatment. So they say you're using around 8 to 10% of your brain capacity. It's interesting. And actually, most of us exist in either beta, which is our normal life, day-to-day -day activities, or delta, where we're sleeping. And what happens is uh, beta and sleep, delta. Beta, delta, beta, delta. And you never experience mm. some of those amazing, liberating brainwaves like mm. alpha. Alpha mm. is, is where all the creative juices mm. are there and where you're creating. And you're just like, ah, oh, is there a box? I don't even see the box. This is a possibility. This is a possibility. This is a potential. Mm. This, I can do this. Da, 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 da. And there's so many more brainwaves in the spectrum. And, and if you see the brainwaves, which hurts and whatever, uh, you'd see the kids, very interesting, I love kids, they are existing into their subconscious. Mm. We were kids someday, mm. but what happened is that door, oopsies, that door is closed and we're just mm. going up into that spectrum. It's been up to a certain mm. age, and I can't remember how mm. old this is. Six. It's up to a certain age. You know the question I'm going to mm. ask, that a child is in theta state. All the yes. time. Which is why children can be so intuitive. Ooh, because when they're in theta, you're kind of accessing that intuitive part of the brain. Brain power. Yeah. So that's why it's kids enough. have such powers yeah. to them. Absolutely. You know? But then the schooling and social environment kills it, right? Because mm. we don't then teach kids how to tap on their own intuition. They don't have such subjects at school yeah. or at kindergarten. Or what they teach them is just, you know, to pay attention to the physical objects. Tighten your shoes, put your head on, you know, take the book, etc. So then the child is losing everything what you just explained, right? And that's why the child then grows up and, like, he doesn't know how to meditate. He doesn't know how to go back to his creative inner state and he doesn't know how to connect himself with the entire universe so he can manifest whatever yeah, he can he yeah so this can, is can i just say sorry that i love you teaching kids meditation i mm. think it's amazing mm. and you know what mm. i use it as part of my therapy for children especially children yeah. on the spectrum they need to accept the dentist sitting nice and still yeah. but if their brain see the problem with children now they they're poor creatures everything is talking to their brain 
You know, the TV, the phone, the brainwave, electricity, da 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 da. So they get sidetracked a lot. So to be able to give them care, I give them meditations and I'm a dentist. I don't need to. But I love the work you're doing. It's so pioneered Absolutely. that you need to keep going, keep doing it. And think about the potential kids will have if from their start, they Absolutely. are able to tap into that Absolutely. beautiful resource. I think there was someone who said, I'm not sure if it was Dalai Lama or someone, like if every single child today mm. will learn how to meditate, then in one generation from now, the entire hostility and war in the planet will stop. Mm. Wow. I find it fascinating. Incredible, isn't it? And as you say, because from 0 to 6, they're already in theta, so it's yeah. going to be so much easier for, right. for us yeah. to shape how we would like Absolutely. our children to be. It also highlights how important mm. those early years are. Absolutely. And what is going on around them, Absolutely. how that is become embedded mm. within their subconscious mind, yes. which is going to shape their future massively. I see the trend now. There are some schools who are, you know, asking for a meditation experience, you know. Uh, Let's say they're inviting us, teachers of meditation, to do some classes and awareness sessions. However, it's really slow. And if you look at, you know, people who live in very um, highly conscious life, they're actually taking their kids from school and they are doing their own curriculum. But curriculum is based on a few things. And one of them is tapping into their own intuition, right? and um, understanding how to meditate and how to manifest what you want. I actually feel that maybe in 10 years from now, I hope sooner, intuition will be a must subject in each and every school. I hope so. Then people end up leaving the school and they don't know what they want, right? Because they just follow their parents' guidance or their grandparents or their friends. And then they end up uh, living a life of misery and life of not Mm. knowing actually who they are and what they Mm. want, right? True. For a very long time. I love this. Brainwaves is a subject we can talk about. I love this subject. Mm -hmm. I love, I love love obviously talking about children because they're Mm -hmm. our future. Kids are our future. So many negative behaviors that as adults, we unconsciously pass on to our children. And I think many ways it's just lack of education. Lack of kind of knowing what we're just talking about and how important that age is for a child because we didn't know any better like i think every single person operates and live the life at the very best of his capacity right mm-hmm. there is not a single person who just wake up in the morning and said you know what mm-hmm. i want to have a miserable day i want to screw myself <laughs> and children no nobody say that but That's because okay. you know we are living upon the you yeah. know environment and lessons yeah. we learn you know this is how we operate like we mm-hmm. think judgment is okay so we judge we think mm-hmm. anger is okay so we yes, get angry. angry so we think competition True. is okay that's why we come compete with others instead of cooperating that's why but like yeah children will pick up these things much faster much faster Mm. i love it Mm. one of really moving parts of our experience the seven day experience was the coherence healing (laughs) (laughs) i still do it Day to day. Really? Oh, yeah. Tell us about that. How do you still do that? She's and leading do, the group. Do you, <laughs> Healers. Do you, do you incorporate into your work? Uh, yeah, so a bunch of stuff, okay? So first, what does your teach you? Remember, it's all about energies. And to start with, disease has its own energy or lack thereof. Should we explain what coherence healing is? So disease is the lack of energy right we as we might have touched based on this we are a bundle of energies and we have energy centers that are flowing and once upon a time when we were kids we were in tune with the source of the energy and to each his own to believe who is the source you had that energy from the source and sometimes that source becomes dim or faint or far and that energy starts dimming in. That energy comes from our thoughts, our feelings, our day-to-day activities, our angers, our emotions, our fears, or everything. And what happens because we don't have that beautiful energy anymore, we're prone to disease because disease is the lack of energy. Mm-hmm. And actually, love is is the connection. Love to the source is where mm-hmm. there is that's how my mind thinks about it and that's how joe explains it that it's like a big thick cord and that cord is connecting you to your higher source and and that's why some people with faith 
they would be like, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm running in debt, but you know what? I'm going to make it. It doesn't matter. And they have this faith. So this is love. But when that cord is snipped, it's fear. And then the energy centers go all over the place. And that creates a lack. Exactly. And then when we have that lack, we get more of what we don't want. Exactly. Still also chemistry happening in our mm. body that just leads mm. down that road, not mm. that road. I guess which is why it's so important just to trust the process. Yeah. Trust the work that we're doing. Even if things aren't going how even if our life isn't going the way we want it to just kind of trust that things are going to get better because the more we worry about it the more we create that lack which is going to give us the opposite of what we desire exactly and it doesn't just create our lack mentally mm. creates our lack biochemically it, it creates it in the events it creates it everywhere so now to go back to what coherence healing is it's just opening your heart Mm. And going back and connecting yourself with that source, with that energy, and being no one, no time, no, I forgot Nowhere. The rest Nowhere. Nothing. Nothing. And just being not me. I don't mm. exist. I am love. Mm. I'm higher love. I'm made of love. So that attracts so much mm. energy into you. And biochemically, mm. you're having these beautiful... Mm. transmitters that just open your mind up and when you do that and you envision someone and you send them and you share with them that energy their energy centers align thereby their disease process decreases and every day in the morning we have one healy and people we've sent to people i know we've said for example we're going to do our energy healing at 7 a.m and i'd phone that person after and I'd be like hey hey how are you feeling she's like i don't know where when did you do it but i felt so much energy and it was at 7 a.m and it was just like oh my god what happened to me and i got up and i was able to go out and about and what happened and they would receive energy although they're fear and you're here because we're all connected we're all connected we're all mm account to the same source we're all in tune with the same source makes sense and we all have this opportunity to heal and what also i love about coherence healing by dr joe so he doesn't say oh you need to have qualification and study like two three years to become a healer he's just telling us that you can all tap into your energy and to your heart and heal others and this is what he was training us to do and this is what we were doing and we have also witnessed real recovery cases like i had a lady in my group in the air group and she came uh, all the way from india and uh, she came here because she wanted to uh, heal her cancer so after just one week of doing these um, uh, practices, she then traveled back to India. And of course, first day she returned, she just decided to check her tumor. How is the tumor doing? And then they have checked the MRI and they said, wow, in just one week, you have 35% reduction in your tumor size. What were you doing during this one week? <laughs> you know, and of course she said, okay, I epigenetically <laughs> signal new genes in a new way and I did coherence healing. Of course, doctor didn't get what she was saying, yeah. but he told her, okay, just keep doing what you've been doing. I don't know what is it exactly, but, you know, we see the results. And I find it absolutely fascinating. It's incredible. It really does open the heart yes. massively. From a personal point of view, you know, when I'm in public, I do have a bit of a suit of armor on and, uh, you know, I, quite often I don't show my emotions. And you go to a lot of these events and everyone's crying and I'm kind of thinking, oh, they're being a bit dramatic, blah, 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 because <laughs> I really hold back. You know, during the meditations, yeah, a few tears did fall, but not uncontrollably. But I realize that I'm still in many ways holding back. That was until... At one point, we got to the coherence healing. And even just thinking about it now, it kind of... Honestly, I feel like I'm going to cry just talking about it because it was such a profound like experience. And it was actually the second coherent healing that we did. So a coherent healing, if any of you don't know, it involves a large group of people meditating together, accessing the theta and, you know, really getting in tune with nothing and then kind of coming together and, you know, you have a group of maybe about eight people and a person is put in front 
eight people in a circle and then a person is placed in the middle of that circle who needs healing. The person that was played in the middle, placed in the middle of our circle, she was a disabled lady. And I'd noticed her in there. I'd noticed how sad she'd look. I'd noticed how pretty she was, but that she'd look sad. And, and just as she sat down, I was overcome with emotion. And it was almost like all these blockages that I had within myself were opening up. And I could see how intense it was for her too. I mean, my heart opened up so much during that healing. Like the, the amount of love I felt, and it wasn't for me, it was for her. So it's the fact that you're, it's not about you. It's like, like everything else we were doing, I guess a lot of it was about us, but the healing, Mm. it's about somebody else. Maybe in a way that's what makes it easier to let go because it's not about you. It is about somebody else. I don't know, but I mean, I was absolutely, I couldn't contain it. Mm. And the amount of love that I could feel for this lady. It was almost like she was doing the healing as well. Even though she was in the middle, she was like kind of in a way, I felt like in a way she was like healing me, so moving. And it'd be really interesting to to connect with that lady. In fact, we have actually connected on Facebook. I haven't sent her a message. I keep meaning to send her a message. Mm. The lady was called Steph, German Mm. lady. I, I will send her a message and, yeah. and just see yeah. see how she is. But yeah, you're right. When we are raising our energy in the room that everyone is getting affected, you know, it doesn't matter whether you are healing someone or you are yeah. healing or you are just, you know, serving juices there. Yeah. Everyone is getting affected by the energy being raised. I know Dr. Joe was even using some of the, you know, very advanced um, tools to measure energy in the room when people yeah. have meditated and they left the room. And guess what happened? People left the room, but the energy in the room was rising, you know, because in the quantum field, there is no separation. Everything yeah. is connected. And it's beautiful yeah. when you realize, wow, it's all possible. You just believe that nothing is, you know, going to stop you now. Because, yeah. yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about so much, girls. Yeah. And we've actually been talking for 40 minutes. Wow, wow. you're good. Did you want to mention the walking meditation? Yeah, let's talk about that. Mm. Who wants to take the mind look there are four types of meditations that we usually practice there is sitting meditation lying lying down meditation there is standing meditation and there is walking meditation right and usually when people just lie down or they stand or they sit they close their eyes and they don't move right and what usually happens when they open their eyes and then they go back into the real life, they then jump back into the operating on autopilot. They go back to their addictions, to the chemical reactions, you know, of anger, judgment, etc. So Dr. Do have taught us this amazing tool called walking meditation, where you actually meditate while you're walking, moving with the eyes wide open. So you can then embody this feeling of being connected with the field and being in the creative, powerful state, even when you just live your life and you have your problems and you face your obstacles right is it what what dr joe's doing is he's trying to teach us or he he's not trying he is teaching us how to access those feelings and how to connect with the emotions when conscious yeah not just when we're kind of meditating, but you can mm-hmm. still get, even when you're in yeah. the walking meditations, you, I think you are accessing a kind of theta. I even did it when I was running. It was a really slow run. It was so intense, mm. really, really slow run, but I found it really, really intense. I love the part that he says, walk into your future is near you. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it is so. And, I, and he has a new meditation. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, it's um, you start with sitting, then walking, then laying down. There's one more, I think. I don't know. I just did it a few days ago. So powerful. One thing that I love about his work, he's 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 always trying to make us feel uncomfortable, and he's highlighting that 
we need to be uncomfortable. Like it's so easy, like right now we're sat here on our comfortable chairs. On a morning, I still do the ice cube on a morning. Do you do that, Christina? 90% of the ice cube. So on a morning, um, this is just like having a cup of coffee. It's amazing. Basically, just put an ice cube all over your face and have a cold shower. Wow. You know, I despise cold showers. Me too. I absolutely, you know, because I just love being warm. Ever since my childhood, I've had a thing about being cold, being brought up in the northeast of England. It's absolutely freezing living on the seaside like I was just obsessed with being warm that's kind of continued throughout my adulthood my showers are like tend to be like boiling like I have them so hot sometimes I feel a bit dizzy when I get out of the shower and I just love the fact that it makes me feel warm but now what I do is I'm having a shower I'll finish the shower I do try and get in when it's cold but I have to say I haven't quite mastered that I'll finish it for one minute when it's cold you know and that's just to shock my body to shock my body and to get away from feeling comfortable then like certain times throughout the day I'm feeling comfortable I'll do like some breathing when I'm training yeah do some stretches but I'll stretch in a way that my body's not used to so just to kind of make my body do things that it's not if that makes any sense yeah absolutely but this is what we say you know stepping into unknown if you start to do new things every single day uncommon unfamiliar this is how you're reshaping actually your future and dr joe was saying that we think consciously 50 to 60 thousand thoughts every day so 95 percent of those thoughts are the same as yesterday because we are actually doing the same thing yeah. so then yeah, if 95 percent of thoughts are the same as yesterday then how can you change you know how can you improve how can you develop and how can you build a future because your thoughts they obviously have a lot to do with your reality so the way you think you feel will build your reality so yeah. what you were explaining now, though, you know, doing things that are probably uncomfortable, unfamiliar, but you know they're good for you, for your growth. Hence, you are doing it. And, you know, hats off for doing it because I know it's it's not easy, right? No, it's not. I wouldn't mm. even think about it. Today, you inspired me too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you're going to be I'll, having I'll cold you know. showers now. Yeah, I'll let you know. So we've been chatting for almost 50 minutes. Let's bring this to an end. Can I say something about chemistry? Of course no, you I'm, can, Doug. I love chemistry and biology, and it's no surprise. I love what I do. And it's about understanding the human body. So, okay, so here is the, the science behind it, right? We, Our brain is made into compartments. There's a thinking brain. There's a cognitive brain. There's the speech center, blah, 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 blah. But there is this little, small, sexy gland inside the brain. And it looks like a pine nut cone. Right, and there's so much magic in that cone. Now, give a give a normal scenario. So, normal scenario is that pineal gland. You wake up, light floods your eyes, and that pineal gland was doing melatonin for you to sleep. And now, when light comes in, it's like, hey, you're you're up. Okay, let me give you some serotonin. And serotonin is that nice uh, chemical that wakes you up and be like, oh, it's a beautiful morning. It's a beautiful morning. This is a normal scenario. Now, what happens if the person had a trauma or some sadness or depression? That beautiful mix of melatonin, serotonin, melatonin, serotonin becomes upset. And there is a lot more hormones going on in the background become upset as well, like oxytocin. You know, oxytocin is a beautiful hug, a beautiful smile. Loving someone you know and love, that gives you immediately oxytocin. What happens for someone who's depressed, this balance goes off, melatonin is not bringing them to sleep, serotonin is not rising them up enough, oxytocin is nowhere to be found, and dopamine is is this much as well. So there's a big major disconnect. So now what Joe tells you is it's, it's biology use your biology and that is why waking up at 4 a.m and praying activates that pineal gland and and what's interesting is it's the same melatonin that's produced but it's a better quality melatonin Mm. it's like you didn't go cheap you bought the good stuff Mm. and this melatonin first makes you sleep so well so you actually rest and heal 
And then when it wakes you up with serotonin, it makes you achieve so much more because your body's so much in tune and your body is actually running on good fuel. Right. And the, the effects is anti, um, benzodiazepine is a what? Antidepressant. Mm. So it's an antidepressant. It's a good sleeper. It's a, it's an antioxidant. So our body does mm. antioxidants. You know, we go out and we go have these organic stores and we buy shit loads of stuff. And actually our antioxidants is right here. Is right here. Mm. You know? And 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 easily that that entire process has five hormones to it. And if you master, just master that 4 a.m. getting into touch with yourself, with your source, mm. with your body, do that meditation, activate that gland. Oh my God, mm. sit back and watch mm. the magic that is created in your life. Mm. I rest my case. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I loved all of that. I'm really looking forward to doing that four hour meditation Ooh, again. Yeah. We're going to have to set a date for that because yeah. it is so incredibly intense. We could just sit here and talk all day. Guys, I would just like to thank you both for your time and for your thank insight you so today, mm. for bringing thank your you. knowledge. Mm to the podcast it's been a pleasure speaking to you both and i'd love to thank i'd also like to thank rope hotel in dubai marina for allowing us to have this incredible space to record the podcast and thank you 